Greetings, citizens of the Republic of Bankryptopia. Her Royal Highness welcomes you to an episode that would make Agent 007 proud. Blockchain is for everyone, and Sir John Hargrave wants the world to know about the cryptos. So, he has written a book to make it so. Today, Sir John joins the Royal Jesters to discuss how he learned the secrets of the new millionaire class, and you can too. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. But Sir John Hargrave does. He has lots of words. And since the Queen didn't accept our invitation to do this show, we'll just listen to him instead. So grab your cup of tea by the crumpets, give it a nice squeeze, and get knighted for just $35. It's episode 315 of the Really, Really Bad Crypto Podcast. Mr. Travis Wright, you've been listening to the Beatles channel, haven't you? That's true, I have. It, it won't be long until I listen to it again. It, it won't, won't be, be long. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome to the Bad British Crypto Podcast. I'm Joel Kahn. And I'm I'm Sir Travis Wright. And you are whoever you are. Insert your name here. And we're glad you're here. This is the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And if this is your first time, well, we are the blockchain blockheads making crypto palatable, tasty even for those of you that like to get your crypto news, views, and what else rhymes with views? Snooze. You can, listen to snooze. It, you can listen to it when you snooze. That's you know, right. some people actually do listen to bad crypto. We help them go to sleep. We are in, we are insomnia uh, busters. But you're going to want to wake up if you trade your cryptos. And you're going to want to use the eToro app. You know, Europe has had a platform that could, that is trading cryptos that has garnished over 11 million users that's a lot of users there gang now in the u.s coinbase has been the big one but guess what etoro has crossed the pond and now the etoro app is available for you to download both for ios and for android and they offer smart trading tools you can connect with these 11 million other traders around the world it's easy to use and you still i think we're, we're wrapping up this promotion to be able to get free bad coin socks so get started today at badco.in forward slash etoro and you can learn exactly how to get those free bad coin socks do it now or do it later i mean we're not rushing you but you know well you if know you want if you want your socks you better do it now it's true. Your footsies do need some socks, and if you don't hurry, you won't get any bad coin socks. You'll get nothing, and that'll suck. This is the first time, Travis, that we have had a sir on this show. Now we've called people sir, but this is a legit, real sir. His name is Sir John Hargrave, and he's got this new book, Blockchain for Everyone. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. So, so I got I got to call into a point of contention. Is he a legit sir? Let's find out. Mr. Travis Wright, we are graced with the presence of a knight. No, we're not. Okay, we're not. But you might think we were because. <laughs> 
the gentlemen who we're welcoming to the show today is not only the CEO of Media Shower. He's not only the publisher of the Bitcoin Market Journal, which is trusted by 100,000 blockchain investors monthly. He's not only the author of the upcoming best-selling book, Blockchain for Everyone, and he is also known as Sir John Hargrave. And Sir John, welcome to Bad Crypto. Joel, Travis, this is going to be the best episode ever. Wow. And and we have also with us the most confident guest <laughs> that we've ever had here. I don't know. I think he's pranking us already. I think he is too. So uh, what? <laughs> we're going to have a really good time with this interview. And I am holding your book, uh, Sir John, in my hands right now that I picked up at Coinvention in Philadelphia, uh, which, which uh, you did not give me for free. I had to buy it. But then you gave me uh, crypto, which almost the full value of what I bought. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Let me just my, say my this first story because I found this really funny. So <laughs> Joel comes up to the uh, table where we're selling the books and he goes up uh, like, yeah, I'd love a book. And then I say, sure, it's $25. And this look on your face, it would just, I, I keep flashing back to this because it was, <laughs> it was barely perceptible. It was like, really? You're going to charge me for this book, even though I'm going to have you on the show. But then what you got out of it was $25 in crypto. So it's essentially like you're getting the book for free. That's never been done before in the publishing industry. Never. No, it hasn't. And we're going to tell all you listeners how you can get one of these as well, and you're going to want to and get a crypto rebate, essentially. Uh, but John, the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, when did you visit the Queen and get knighted? Well, the story comes from my first book, which was a humor book called Prank the Monkey. And the idea was I was going to prank the world's largest institutions. Uh, so I pranked like uh, Michael Jackson, Madonna. I pranked the IRS and I pranked the Queen of England. I said, your majesty, I wrote her a letter. I said, your majesty, I would like to be knighted. Because I just thought Sir John Hargrave sounded so much more classy, doesn't it? It does. It, does. it is very classy. It gives you a lot of respect. Yeah. So I got a letter back from Buckingham <laughs> Palace on the official letterhead. And it basically said, uh, in order to be knighted, you must do something honorable. And I said, well, that's a lot of work. So I went down to my local county courthouse where you can pay to have your name legally changed. So for 35 bucks, I got my name changed. And today, here I am, Sir John Hargrave. <laughs> so basically, the queen told you to bugger off and you just did it yourself. That's right. It's the, uh, the easy way to knighthood. Travis, we should do that. Travis, I want to I wanna be Sir Joel. No, I want to be Zer because I want to be gender specific. Zer Travis would be way better. <laughs> That's way better. It's like do something noble. Nah, I'm just going to spend 35 bucks and go down and get my name changed. Way easier. I love that. So, so you you actually had a, a your background is you know when you started out you had this website Zug. Was, would you say Zug or Z Z U G? Right? Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, you did all. All kinds of all kinds of hilarious type of stuff, and so you know, knowing that Joel and I are a little bit of a pranksters ourselves, what are what are maybe before we get into some of the crypto stuff? Because I know our audience likes funny stuff. What are some of the 
more hilarious pranks that you pulled? Uh, well, we did one where we faked uh, Michael Jackson uh, showed up at this $10,000 a plate charity dinner here in Boston, and we hired a lookalike actor to come and basically get in. So they really gave him the uh, our fake Michael. They gave him the celebrity treatment. He had his own table. We, we rented a limo for the evening. It had a whole entourage and everything. And they figured it out just as we were leaving the side door. They came running after us as we're like pushing fake Michael into the limo. And it was all over the the front paper of the Boston newspapers. Oh uh, my gosh! As he was being shoved into the car into the limo, was he like, "Hee hee, hands off me!" I swear it was just like something. It, guys, just beat it. <laughs> Smooth criminal. It was like something out of a movie. It was just insane. Oh. <laughs> now that, those were the earth. That was that like YouTube days, or was it before YouTube? Like when when was that? Uh, because it yeah, sounds that, like that's the perfect kind of thing for a video. Yeah, there was a video that went with it. Uh, it was just as YouTube was starting to take off. Um, but my probably my most well-known prank was uh, something called the credit card prank I did back uh, in the early days. And uh, we basically, you know, you, you know how like you have to sign your credit card, your, your signature at every credit card receipt and like nobody ever checks the signature. Mm-hmm. I thought that was ridiculous. So I basically uh, went around signing dozens of receipts with just crazy names. It just started with like Beethoven and Zeus. And then it went into like hieroglyphics and like modern art and crazy stuff. And I took pictures of these, put it online. It was one of the first big viral pieces uh, and really built uh, our our website, Zug.com, from that piece, the credit card prank. So kind of in the spirit of Ken Kesey, you are a merry prankster. That's that's what I'm getting here. Yeah, I'm kind of a techno prankster. So I started my career uh, basically as kind of a comedy technology writer. And in my book, Blockchain for Everyone, I start with the story of this media company where I worked during the beginning of the Internet. And my job was to make this stuff understandable to everyday people uh, and to make it kind of accessible and fun. And so I started out as a comedy writer. I was a geek at heart. I really loved technology and kind of combining comedy and technology was like my thing. That was my shtick. Uh, and then at night, I would pull these outrageous, crazy pranks uh, and write about that on my uh, my humor site, which I, I ran on the side. Yeah, that's great stuff. Now, I also want to talk to you about you wrote a book called Mind Hacking, right? Yeah. And I think that's great. I'm actually working on a project called Stacking Skills. It's like because I think it's just, it's sort of in the same line. I think we 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 see. I think maybe we're kindred spirits there, Mister Mister Zer. Yeah. Um. I want I want to talk about mind hacking a little bit because I found that a fascinating book. I have actually I actually bought that book and I didn't get any crypto refund. So I'd like to get my crypto refund on that one if I could. Tell us, tell us, you know, if you could give us a couple of quick little mind hacks for our audience that could really maybe help them get level up a little bit what what would you suggest yeah so the premise behind mind hacking is that your computer i'm sorry your mind is like a computer and like any computer your mind can be reprogrammed and in fact we have kind of you know buggy thinking we have like bugs in our programming that we can kind of work around and so I tell the story of my own life and how I had a lot of uh, crazy thinking and behavior going on and how I managed to kind of reprogram uh, all of that. And we actually have in that book, Mind Hacking, we have a, a, a 21-day program that you can follow that basically teaches you these sort of mind hacking 
exercises that you can use to 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 learn this. So the simplest thing you can do is just to become aware of the mind. So here's a simple thought experiment. Everybody can do it while they're listening to this. Uh, just stop for a second and just think about your mind. That's it. Just think about your mind. And when you do that, you see that there's something called you that's separate from something called your mind. And that separation of those two things is the beginning of mind hacking. Because what you have to do is be able to pull yourself out of your mind. Normally, we're lost in the mind movie, the mental movie all day long. If you can start to develop the skill of separating you from your mind, then you can start looking at it like a computer and hacking the code that runs it. And that is ultimately what led me to blockchain was this understanding that I could build an entirely new life for myself. I could completely reprogram my life, reprogram my thinking, stack skills, Travis, to what I already had, mm -hmm. and become a leader of this new blockchain revolution. And that's what happened. Cow farts! Oh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about my mind and it glitched. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I got to say, I think that's kind of the, the the similar path to how maybe Joel and I came across this because I was thinking we were we were having a conversation about, you know, crypto and blockchain quite regularly. And I was like, man, Joel, you and I have got quite a bit of influence here in social media in the marketing, digital marketing yeah. space and marketing tech space. I was like, man, I bet it won't take but six months for us to have some pretty decent influence in the crypto space if we do this right. And it seemed like it was less than that. I mean, like we started doing this show and the show took off. And then right when the bull run sort of hit and we were able to sort of move our influence and move our expertise and start growing, even though we weren't experts in this space, we started growing our, our skills in this space. And now, you know, we've done almost 400 episodes of this thing overall when you, you add all the different types of shows that we've done around bad crypto. So it's crazy. And that's it. I think that's it. Like you can literally program yourself to do Whatever you want to do, if you just decide to do it and can get out of the procrastination that, that will try to hold you down. Yeah. So this idea of skill stacking is really what this book, Blockchain for Everyone, is all about. Because in the book, I start out at a similar place where I've got this business. It's successful, but it's not as successful as I would like. I catch crypto fever and I basically re- uh, launch the entire business as a blockchain business. And that idea of skill stacking is permeated throughout the book because I believe the world moves so fast today that we are called upon to constantly be adding to our skill stack, right? We don't have one career anymore. We have many careers. We have many careers, right? Like you guys know this better than anyone. And that requires lifelong learning. That requires constantly taking what we already know, adding to the skill stack and using that to make something new that meets the market where it is today. That's what you guys did with your podcast. That's what you're doing right now. That's what I do with a business. And that's what this book teaches you how to do is stack those skills. Like it. I dig it a lot. And so now let's go down that crypto rabbit hole because you said, I don't remember the exact word, but it was something like becoming infatuated with blockchain. When did that happen and how did it happen? Well, I bought Bitcoin in 2013, and this is in the uh, one of the first chapters of the book where I went down to my local bank and I made a wire transfer uh, to Belarus. 
which was the only place I could find to buy Bitcoin. So I think the price at that point was like $125 per Bitcoin, something like that. I didn't even know where Belarus was on a map. And I'm making this enormous wire transfer, sight unseen, to who knows where. Well, as I'm sending that wire transfer, it turns out it's going to take three days to get there. And it's going to cost like $30 in service fees. And I thought, the irony, (laughs) the irony here, that like this is exactly (laughs) the problem that blockchain and crypto is going to solve is instant transfers of money anywhere and free or near free transfer anywhere. Uh, And so I did end up getting the Bitcoin. And uh, from there, it just became a, a love affair with this technology called blockchain. And uh, the, the book is the story of what happened next. So, so what happened next? You have to read so the book, next, Travis. I got to read the book. <laughs> See, I don't have the book. Mr. Joe Connell's the one with the book. I don't, well, that's because that's because I shelled out my money to buy it. I have an autographed copy. It says, Joel, to the sexiest man on the face of the earth. Stay back. No, it doesn't say that, but it, it should doesn't. stay that sexiest man in the earth. Wow. Yeah. Very good. So, so you have some, so you have three different parts of the book. So it's like you have the Bitcoin and blockchain and how to reinvent yourself. And then you have some funny stories and different things that are in there. So what, how do you, how do you describe blockchain to folks? Cause it's always interesting to talk to folks and say, you know, they always ask, well, what is Bitcoin? What is blockchain? And, and people have sort of a different, have sort of a different description of that. And so I think it's very helpful to hear different people's, uh, you know, sort of how, what's their elevator pitch for blockchain and Bitcoin? What's yours? I'm going to change your life because I'm going to give you a blockchain definition in one sentence that everybody Ooh. can use. Blockchain okay. is the internet of money. Blockchain is the internet of money. It's that simple. So our current internet is the internet of information. And our lifetimes have been this amazing period where all of this information that used to be stored in books and libraries has all been digitized. It's all now in the device that fits in our pocket. That's the internet of information. Blockchain is the internet of money. Now, by money, we mean not just cash, but we mean any kind of value. So broaden the concept of money to stocks and uh, commodities and bonds and frequent flyer points and uh, uh, Starbucks reward points and Chuck E. Cheese tokens, anything of value can be stored on this new internet of money. And when you start thinking about like like that. I've got some of those Chuck E. Cheese tokens still. I need to go find those because (laughs) those are money. (laughs) You can digitize those. too. That's very good. I've discovered that virtual reality is the internet of porn, which is really cool. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not. In uh... Travis is the internet of, of inappropriate. By the way, uh, when you say blockchain is the internet of money, you've created a really cool acronym. It's Bitium. Blockchain Bitium. is the internet of money. Bitium. So when somebody asks you what's blockchain, you say it's Bitium. Yeah, and they'll be like, it's a t-shirt. What? It's, it's, it's Bitium. That would be a good a token name, wouldn't it? Bitium coin. Very good, very good. I think that uh, Andreas Antonopoulos has said some of those, some of that as well, and it's it's so true. It's like that hits you right upside the head. It is the internet of money, and it makes it easy to transfer. And 
there's a whole lot of things that, that is that is valuable about this. But blockchain is not just related to money. There's so many. I mean, that's this what's so interesting is uh, Gartner has, has put out their new report, their hype cycle of all these different areas that blockchain is impacting all of these industries. And so it's, it's completely fascinating when you see how ingrained blockchain is going to be within our society. It's crazy. So we're working on a, a report. I have a co-author, uh, Evan Karnapakis, and we're working on a, a new book for O'Reilly. And in fact, uh, our our first report called "What Is Blockchain?" I think will be out today. Uh, that you're the day that your listeners uh, tune into this. And uh, this O'Reilly report, we have to talk about the state of blockchain throughout the the industry. So not just Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, but really the whole state of blockchain. And I still hold that no matter what the application or use case is, it's still an internet of money. So even if we're talking about healthcare, identity, uh, uh, whatever it is, it's still some kind of value that's being traded between people. And in Mm. fact, the only way to get people on blockchain that we have seen is to offer them tokens. It's the only thing that has worked Mm -hmm. to date, right? It's the only use case. And because of that, everything that we're doing is going to follow that same model of being tokenized with people perceiving that these tokens have some value or can go up in value in the future. This is common sense. This is so simple. But people make it so hard when they try to fit it into the enterprise. Just look at what works. Cryptocurrencies. Well, yeah, I mean, it 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 makes sense right especially like you know even fiat currency was like we're just going to put our faith in this right backed by the trust of the u.s government but it's just paper so what's the difference in these you know digital tokens there there isn't any it's what people believe is yes. of value right yes. that's that's kind of the, the bottom line to it so I'm wondering what you personally believe is going to be the turning point to mainstream adoption. Like, Be specific here. What action do you think is going to need to take place? And maybe tag that with when do you think that will happen? China, three months. Is that specific enough? Wow, that, that is super specific. Okay, well, now let's, let's unpack that. Why? So China will come out with their own digital currency. This is already in the works. This is widely known. They should have it launched very quickly. And once that happens, nations around the world are going to see that uh, digital currency is the wave of the future. So in other words, every nation, it's going to be kind of a mad dash to get their own version. So there will be a U.S. dollar coin, not like U.S. dollar coin, the stable coin, but a U.S. dollar government-backed coin uh, and a euro coin and so forth. Uh, because everyone will realize if we don't do this, we run the risk of losing you know, global influence and global dominance. And the U.S. dollar, because it is kind of the uh, international currency, uh, it will be a very big push to get the U.S. dollar into a digital format very quickly. Now, whether that will look like Bitcoin, I mean, certainly it's going to look very different. It's not going to be decentralized in the same way, but that will really be the accelerant that is going to kick off uh, this whole industry. This, to me, seems inevitable. It seems like common sense that that's how things will play out. Wow. That is the most specific and confident 
that I and I've ever heard anybody state that. And, and it took me aback. I'm like, wow, China three months. Travis, we uh, we were going to talk about that China story on the last bad news. And I looked at it and I thought I didn't think it was a big deal. And now I'm kicking myself. I'm like, wait a second. He's right. I'm wrong. This is yeah, why. Yeah, I make thanks a, for vetoing my stories all the time. God. This is why I make a great bad co-host. <laughs> that's true. Uh, you know what? I, and, and another thing that's happening actually happens today is Wells Fargo is launching their stable coin. That way that they can easily allow their customers to easily transfer cash from point A to point B is sort of an internal thing. But, you know, JP Morgan, they're doing their JP, yeah. uh, JPM coin and some of that other stuff. So, like, we're seeing these, these, these things happen in the peripheral, right? So not everybody sees this. But if you're in the blockchain crypto space day in, day out, like we are, we see it. So we see the adoption happening slowly. And, yeah. But eventually it's going to eat the world, right? And I think that, you know, I, I thought that's going to be a huge thing when China does their digital wand that in the remedy, that is that is big news. And, and some of these other countries are starting to do that and they're starting to explore that. And these banks are starting to explore that. And again, as you mentioned, not decentralized. So, you know, I think as more of these de- these more of these centralized, you know, things start popping up. I hopefully my hope is, is that. You know, folks start seeing, wait a second, why do we we don't need to have these centralized companies managing all of this when we have these decentralized solutions? And so do you think that's going to maybe bring more people over to Bitcoin over time? Yeah, I'll tell you the end game. The end game is one money, one money. It's one world. It's one planet. Mm-hmm. We're going to have one money. Well, they want. For cool. sure. I hear it's Bob cool. Barley. One money. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, we we live. Look, we we get it. We're in a global economy. We need a global currency, and that's just going to speed up. Well, the, the global reserve currency is the dollar right now, right? Yeah, it's the dollar. Correct. Currency. So, do you think is Bitcoin going to be the global reserve currency down the road, or is it going to be? A, you say one right now. There's ten thousand cryptocurrencies, and you think eventually all those are going to go away? That I don't know. I just know that it's inevitable that we will have one money at the end of the day. And whether that is a digital dollar, that is one way that this might play out. Whether it's Bitcoin, that's another way it might play out. Or whether it's something totally new, what I would love to see is sort of a United Nations style approach where everyone comes together and we have, you know, we have multilateral buy-in from all the nations of the earth. And that is Bob Marley right there. all contributing this global currency, that would be the best way, I think, for it to end up. It's going to happen. That's the end game for sure. Yeah, that's terrifying because it's like once, Why? once you know, well, I, I don't like the idea of there being one sort of thing that, that's controlled outside of the people. If it's controlled by the nations, you know, those globalists out there, they want to con- they want to control the world. I think that if we get to the point where we have one currency the, the authoritarian sort of dystopia, we're going to be deep in a, an authoritarian dystopia if that happens. See, I see it the opposite way. I see it as we're in that right now. I see it that when we have any nations that have an undue influence over the global economy, there's an unfair balance of power. And I see this as being more of an equalizing force and more fair and equitable to everyone. And this is going to you know, open up trade. It's going to provide access for the unbanked. And it's going to unlock a new era of prosperity and wealth. 
until they lock your wallet, right? Because like if it's the only thing that you can use, I mean, we've seen how some of these how these countries are. I mean, China, look at what they do. Like they have that China social credit system where if you aren't a good citizen, well, guess what? You can't fly. You can't get on a train anymore. And they can lock up your wallet on on WeChat, WePay. And that's scary. Like if there's just one, then there's no alternative. And we know how how human nature is. Those who are going to be in charge of that, like typically once they gain power, they want more power. And then they get this inflated ego and then they start, you know, mandating things. And it's not normally good for society when there's just sort of a control. Like, I don't know. It just seems to me that I like the idea of it. It seems sort of rainbowy and unicorny. And I like that. Uh, I, I would like to believe in, you know, human nature, but we've seen human nature. It's like once they gain power and gain control, you get crazy dictators and people who are warmongers that want to, you know, Alexander the Great and, you know, Genghis Khan, they want to take over the world. And so I don't know if there's one currency, one power, the people who run that are going to have way too much power. It's got to be it's got to be decentralized in some way where the people or this yeah. or the nation states start you know, have insight. It can't be a one controlling sort of just like the IMF or the World Bank. That's that wouldn't work, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. It needs to be decentralized in, in some way. And I think that's the great challenge we're facing right now is like what mm-hmm. part should mm-hmm. be decentralized and what parts should be centralized? Because we certainly see that when everything is completely decentralized, we have a problem reaching consensus on important decisions, right? So Bitcoin right. has been forked like over a dozen times because people can't decide on which direction Bitcoin should go. Well, that's not good for anyone. So we need to make sure that we've got sort of structures in place that give us some measure of sort of centralization when we need it, like coming to consensus. And then we have decentralization everywhere else. So, Sir John, I feel like I should talk to you like this. If you want to be royalty, I, you know, I, we've invited Sir Paul and Sir Elton on the show, and neither one of them have, have uh, commented on being here. But since you're here, I want to ask, do you believe that the, uh, the U.S. economy must collapse in order for cryptocurrency to rise here? Or is it possible... That that the dollar can be saved, but with a, in exchange to crypto before doomsday occurs. Yes, yes, quite, quite. <laughs> right. Uh, I <laughs> I think that uh, we don't need a complete meltdown of the economy. However, uh, the New York Times recently ran a piece called "A Recession Is Coming," eventually. Right. How's that for Well, everything goes in cycles. I mean, of course, it's coming eventually. You know, that's like the sun will set sometime today. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So uh, I think that that recession is coming eventually. And I do believe that that may be a catalyst for greater adoption of these assets. Look, we've certainly seen that uh, there is a subset, at least, of people who think of uh, a Bitcoin like digital gold, right? And uh, just as uh, so-called safe havens like uh, like gold and investments uh, like that tend to rise in value when people perceive that uh, the economy is in a free fall or on its way down. Um, we may see a very similar thing happening with uh, the, the crypto and digital asset market uh, as the U.S. economy uh, declines. So I wouldn't say a complete meltdown, but I would say that uh, I would expect to, to see that 
help the digital asset class overall. Maybe not a meltdown, maybe just a little bit of ooze. Yeah, that's my hypothesis anyway. I think there's Very enough good. people melting down in this country right now. Like we are we are seeing demonstrated a severe lack of emotional intelligence uh, with just a bunch of whiny crybabies. Everybody's protesting something. Can we not just get about with the business of of doing good and and making things better? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely very much what we're trying to do. That's a big part of the philosophy. I'll tell you a funny story. I was at this uh, engagement, uh, speaking engagement, and um, it was a bunch of uh, certified financial advisors. So it was a CFA chapter. There was a young man there. And after I gave my talk, he came up to me and said, uh, he said, uh, I, I really believe in this crypto thing uh, because I believe we're in the end times. And I, I looked closely to see if he was joking, but he wasn't. He was like, I think we're in the end times. And I think this talk of one world money is a sign of the end times. And I'm totally on board with you. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> dude, you just put a totally different interpretation on what I was saying. Well, actually, so coming from a, uh, a spiritual background and having been in the Christian church, I understand. I'm not saying I agree with them, but I understand where they're coming from because, yes. you know, the Bible, the book of Revelation talks about, um, you know, the mark of the beast and a lot of people in that you won't be able to buy or sell without this mark right now a lot of people have said well that's you know uh rfid that's chipping people right so that you have to have this this chip embedded in you and it makes sense that if there's going to be a one world currency that crypto would be that digital method and then you'd have to be chipped in order to spend and buy and sell so you know you could read into anything people have been predicting the end of the world for as long as there's been a world and so i don't there's nothing new under the sun I have the same I have the same Christian background uh, as well. And the uh, I remember as a kid, uh, people talking about how uh, originally people thought social security numbers were the same thing. They were like the mark of the beast, like we're all going to have a number. And uh, while it is kind of creepy when you think about the social security number that you're you as a person are reduced to a number, uh, seems like things have gone on pretty much the way they always have. What's creepy about Social Security is that if we didn't have it and instead you were compelled, let's say, to invest that into any investment out there, you know, even if you were just getting 2% for a, you know, a money market, you would have so much more money upon retirement than you're going to get from Social Security. That's That's what's ridiculous about that. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I disagree with you, John. That was not a funny story at all. (laughs) let's talk about an actual funny story you literally had to write this book twice like what like why did what happened to make you have to do over the book travis that's not a funny story at all okay but it's funny to me Uh, i'll tell it in a funny voice (laughs) no it's not funny it's very painful to recount the story so i uh i wrote the book the first time and basically the concept behind this book was we're gonna do like a uh we're going to do a user-friendly guide to blockchain, right? Because all the books out there, I fall asleep by the third chapter. And I'm like, I want to write something that's just really interesting to read and makes it accessible, user-friendly. So I write this book and I slave over it. It's hard work, as you know, Joel, hard work to write a book. I get all the way done. I submit it to my editor, the great Jeremy Ruby Strauss at Simon & Schuster. And I have uh, worked with Jeremy on three books. He's a 
he's done all these New York Times bestselling books. I trust him completely. So Jeremy says to me, he goes, well, John, this is how he talks. He goes, John, uh, I read your book. There were four sections to the book. And he goes, uh, the first section is pretty good. Uh, second section needs some work. Um, third section, I think we need to rewrite completely. And the fourth section, uh, just get rid of that. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you very oh. much, Jeremy. <laughs> you dick. Yeah. I didn't say that yeah. because he's the best. And uh, he, I took a, some time off, reread it. And then I was like, he's right. Because what I did was I tried to make sort of essays about what blockchain is and how it's going to change the world. And I realized that what we need to do is to tell a story because the human brain is hardwired for stories. What is the book of Genesis, Joel, but just a collection of our oldest stories? So I said, I got to tell a story. I got to make it like a hero's journey. It's got to have a beginning, middle and end. It's got to have a call. And the story, the best story was the story of this company that we're building and that we had like put in the blockchain, the story of this company that I had taken everything. I've been building this company for like 15 years. And then one day decided to put the gamble the entire company into blockchain. It's like being at a poker table and going all in. I went all in on my company on blockchain. It was great for 2017 this exciting rise. And then the crypto winter of 2018 hit and it was devastating and it was awful. It was horrific. And how we made it through that. And so in a way, what our story is, is the story, uh, kind of a microcosm of the, of the larger picture of this entire blockchain industry, the macrocosm. So I sent him the second, rewrote the whole book. I sent him the second manuscript. And Jeremy calls me up the next uh, day and he goes, uh, we got a page turner. I read the whole <laughs> thing because I read the whole thing. Nine hours. Nine. I sat down and read it cover to cover. I never do that. And I said, Jeremy, I'm going to take that feedback and I'm just going to feed on it for the next year. Thank you. <laughs> did, did, Fuel for my soul. Did Jeremy actually, does Jeremy actually sound like that? He, 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 does, like that. he sounds a little bit like this. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, the book is called Blockchain for Everyone, How I Learned the Secrets of the New Millionaire Class, and you can too. And you mentioned early on in the show that I did purchase the book from you, and then you said, get out your Coinbase wallet, and you sent me $25 in die crypto, which is a stable coin, uh, which is actually worth $25.32 today. So it's a little unstable, I just might say. But talk a little bit about hey, how, you made money. why you're doing. Yeah, I did. I made money. Why Why is this promotion? And uh, tell people how to participate. So originally, I said, how cool would it be if we gave away a little bit of Bitcoin with every book? Never been done before. And I said, think about this. Let's say you give away $10 worth of Bitcoin with every book, and then the price of Bitcoin shoots through the roof. The price of Bitcoin might be worth more than the book. And I said, you wouldn't be able to keep it on shelves. You'd have to hire security guards and bookstores to like mm. protect it. And Jeremy, he goes, uh, John, that's how he talks. He goes, uh, the last time I heard an original idea in the book business was never. 
and that is an original idea. <laughs> and I said, I will feed on that. So uh, it turns out, though, uh, actually bundling Bitcoin with books is extremely difficult because books are physical objects and they can be returned to bookstores. So there were uh, about a thousand calls that we had with Simon & Schuster Legal and so forth. So meanwhile, Coinbase uh, came, uh, we, we started a dialogue with them and Coinbase said, well, we're working with Maker that makes the stable coin called DAI. And uh, they're looking to basically get DAI into more wallets and we're looking to get wallets on more phones. And they would be interested in essentially partnering up to give away $10 worth of DAI for every book that you sell. So we actually got this working. And I said, this is awesome. It would be even better if you gave $25 worth of DAI. Because think about this. The book costs about $25. Now you get $25 worth of DAI. You basically get the book for free. And they said, let's do it. So courtesy of Maker and Coinbase, folks who are listening to the Bad Crypto podcast can get uh, a special bonus when you buy the book through blockchainforeveryone.com. You got to buy it through that uh, purchase order form. We'll uh, send you $25 worth of die to your Coinbase wallet. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Maker. That's huge. That's really huge. good. I love that. Love it. Love it. Hey, so you actually had a scene in the book that I, that I read that... that um, that you went to the Fed and you were trying to undo the Fed at the Fed? Like, what, what was going on there? <laughs> so I was invited to this blockchain conference at the Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve is, of course, the central bank uh, of the United States. It's an institution, but it's also uh, a building. It's a series of buildings. There are branches to the Federal Reserve, just like uh, branches uh, of your local, your local bank. So one of these is in Boston. And it's this enormous, uh, intimidating, white monolith. It looks like those, you know, those monoliths in 2001. It's like that, but mm -hmm. white. Mm -hmm. And so you go in this sort of, sort of prison-ish. It's so big and the, no windows in some places. The ones that I've seen, there's one here in Kansas City that's just huge and windowless in, in some of the areas where the vaults are. It's crazy. Yeah. And these vaults have, by the way, millions of dollars of cash, right? So... I'm at the Fed, I'm at this conference, and then I take a meeting uh, where, again, we have this uh, blockchain marketing and media company called Media Shower, and I'm taking a video conference call, and the only place I could find to take it was the lunchroom. So I'm in the belly of the beast, literally, the commissary of the Fed. And uh, here I am on a call with a potential client <laughs> who wants to create a new stablecoin <laughs> to replace the U.S. dollar. So if you want to know the meaning of the word irony, think about sitting in the belly of the Federal Reserve working on a deal that will undo the Federal Reserve. And I realized at that moment, like, how crazy this industry that we're in really is. We're literally... <laughs> working to dismantle entire economic systems in order to build new ones. It's so ironic. Don't you guys see this every day? Absolutely. It, it, it's crazy. And that's why there's so many people that are protecting the old way and that they're scared mm -hmm. of what, you know, cryptocurrency means. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know what fiat currency means, which is like, 
You know, you think we go through all this school and then post-education in college, and most people still have no idea what fiat currency is or fractional reserve banking or, you know, the, the power of 72 and compounding interest. And a lot of that stuff is is completely unknown to folks, which is a mind blow. You got to do you got to learn on your own, which is why stacking skills independently outside of the school system is so important. Yeah. Why don't we teach money in schools? Yeah. They don't want us to learn that. They want us to get lots of debt. You, you want you want one hundred thousand dollars worth of debt immediately. Go to college. It's like, no, but I'm, I'm serious. That's that would be such a, a useful, you know, applied mathematics, which is all about personal finances, loans, mortgages, debt, stocks, commodities, all that. That would be extremely useful for for kids. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, the most important life skills you need to know aren't taught to them. Yeah, yeah. Parenting too. I don't know why there's no parenting school. Can somebody explain that? That is, uh, you know, all makes a lot of sense. I think we've got teachers unions that are protecting that system as well, right? This is this is the way things work, and it's unfortunate. And I'm glad that uh, people like you were here to shake things up with your wacky pranks. <laughs> My wacky high and diabolical, kicks. your diabolical laughter. Well, uh, this is great. I, I think our people are really they're going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to get this book. We recommend that everybody, everybody go to blockchainforeveryone.com, buy the book and then get twenty five dollars in die crypto in your Coinbase wallet. It's a great offer. You can learn more about John in the show notes for this episode. And uh, John, do you have a, a website for yourself that you like to send people to? Well, uh, blockchainforeveryone.com is where you'll get the uh, free offer of the $25 in die, courtesy of Maker and Coinbase. Uh, and you can also sign up for our free weekly newsletter at bitcoinmarketjournal.com, bitcoinmarketjournal.com. That's for blockchain investors. And I write a weekly column for that that comes uh, straight to your inbox. That's great. Well, thanks again for joining us. We'll have to have you back again here with some more wacky fun. Was it the best ever? Maybe top 10. Was it in the top 10? Top 20? Was well, it in the top 40? Let's, let's, it, was, it was in the top 150, I think. Yeah. At least. <laughs> we got to do, do the quantitative math here first. With a bullet, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story about Sir John Hargrave. This book is really attractive, by the way. It's a hardcover. It's got this orange cover to it and then it's got a million dollar bitcoin dollar on the front and mm. uh, it's it's and he autographed mine uh mm. he he did not autograph it as i said in the show but he did say joel health wealth and happiness p.s stay bad so he gets nice it. that is good i wonder uh, so i ordered a copy of the book because you know you get the 25 dollars worth of die you actually bought it in person for $25. Yep. If you buy it on the website, it's a little bit more plus shipping, but uh, definitely looks like a great book. Yeah, it was like 28 bucks. I think I gave him and then uh, I downloaded the Coinbase wallet, uh, which sorry to our sponsor eToro, but that's what he was using for it. And the die showed up, you know, 10 minutes later in that wallet. Die, die, die. That is not very nice. You just tell me, Mr. Jokom, I, I was muted and I was sneezing and you're telling me to die. DAI. Oh, okay. That's different. That's different. Stable coin. So, speaking of coins, as we are wont to do, there is one token that has been a sponsor of the show for some time, and they're developing some good stuff. What's their name? That company is Nasgo. 
NASGO is the GoDaddy of blockchain. You can tokenize your business or your influence today with no coding required. They've really developed an easy solution for businesses and influencers to transition into the blockchain frontier. So they have a very easy-to-use NASGO wallet, provides all the tools that you need. So go ahead and check it out. We featured them on badco.in forward slash 282. You can check them out at NASGO, N-A-S-G-O dot com. Very cool. In some other news, Mr. Travis Wright, when we were at Podcast Movement here just a couple months ago, we discovered the Himalaya app, H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, just like it should be spelled. And this is a really cool app for discovering, listening, and organizing podcasts. And it turns out Bad Crypto is now in the Himalaya app. So this is just another way for you guys to uh, to be able to download and listen to the show. Uh, maybe give it a try. They have a function and they're called Himalaya Plus, which certain podcasts offer additional content to people who listen in the Himalaya app. For example, I'm just on their website right now and I clicked on Dumb People Town and it has Himalaya Plus and they have a, um, a community that you can join there for a low fee each month that gives exclusive episodes, a member community, ad-free, early access, and that type of thing. So download the Himalaya app, check it out, make sure you subscribe to Bad Crypto on the app as well. Wait a second, you did not call the, the citizens of Bad Cryptopia dumb people town, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not. That's true, you did I not. Would, I would never do that. That is so funny. Like they, they, they literally named their podcast Dumb People Town. Hey, yeah. come to Dumb People Town. Uh, this is where all the smart people hang out. Well, I think, uh, I'm guessing that what it's about is, yeah, so it's as much an exploration as it is a celebration of dumb people doing dumb things. Mm. So it, it's, sort it, of, it's sort of like it's sort of like Darwin's principle. Yeah, I might have to listen to this now. Uh, they've had Weird Al on the show, so oh, these nice. guys these guys are my heroes automatically. Mm. Yeah, great. now I kind of want to listen to Dumb People Town. So download it on iOS or Android Himalaya, and you can listen to Bad Crypto there. Just another place. Just more dumb people. Hang out with more dumb people <laughs> using Himalaya. Right on. More places to get your fix of crypto clowning. We hope that you guys enjoyed the show today. We've got a lot of great content coming your way. We have many interviews planned with leaders in the blockchain space. And we are just one month away now, Mr. Travis Wright, from Vegas Blockchain Week and World Crypticon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. That was so much fun last year. And we're looking forward to seeing all of the amazing friends and folks that, you know, that we've already known and then f folks that maybe we've not met before. I know they're selling quite a few tickets. Sounds to me like it's going to be a pretty amazing event there at World CryptoCon. But it's not just World CryptoCon, right? Charlie Shrem has an event. Mm -hmm. Litecoin has an event. What's the other one there? What's, what's well, Michael the Sherpin's event? Yep, the the world um uh the crypto poker tournament is taking mm -hmm. place at Mike Tyson's mansion. Mike, are the it's, tigers gonna be there? That's gonna be so amazing. You know, you know, we're gonna have some tigers there just because they're there for the snacks. I hope like, he shows up so he can punch you in the face. I just hey, I don't want Mike Tyson to punch me in the face. I'm gonna punch him in the face because I'm bike smicing. 
And uh, Cryptoween is happening on October 31st. And I cannot confirm this absolutely yet, Travis, but uh, I know for sure my brother is coming. He's he's a okay. huge Vegas fan. He's two years older than me. He's coming and he um, is going to maybe, be if maybe what? I'll punch him in the mouth. He wouldn't wouldn't like that. He's looking forward (laughs) to meeting you, though. Um, But he, if we can get this done, he's going to be dressed up as a bad coin. (laughs) Oh, man. That is funny. So we maybe found somebody who can build, create a real life bad coin. Nice. Wow. Yeah, go to worldcrypticon.com and you can see all of the Vegas Blockchain Week events. So you get a ticket for the whole dang thing. And there are so many events Coin Agenda, Crypto IQ, Litecoin Summit, the Lightning Cup Series Sports Event, the uh, Stansbury Research Ultra VIP Event, the Top Golf Ultra VIP, the EOS Alliance Summit. The Crypto Wendio official Vegas Blockchain Week meetup. Bit Angels are going to be there. This is like meet us in Vegas. We're going to be doing our show at the culminating event, which is World Crypticon, October 29th through 31st. And this is a must attend. You guys need to be there. Yeah. And Money 2020 is going on too during the same time. So there's like, I mean, the, the opportunities for there to be serendipity to run into really big players. In Vegas, blockchain week is just is just astronomical. The chances, I mean, they're, they're very good for you. I mean, they, they, the chances are if you're meeting somebody awesome, are pretty pretty good. So I would say come to the event if you've thought about it, if you're teetering, trying to think about doing it. And Travis, I believe that there is a discount code as well, but you need to go to the website. Uh, go to badco.in forward slash 315 and we'll have a link to world crypticon along with a coupon code that you can use in the text there so that you can save some money i don't know what it is they're offering this year but we'll provide that to you guys because we love you so very much oh thank you mr jocom and say i love you i said we love them Oh, that's cool too. We love I, them too. I do. I do love you. There is Aww. nobody I would rather be on this journey down the crypto rabbit hole than you, Mister Travis Wright. Thank you, Mister Joe Con. That's so sweet. I yeah. concur. We're having a good ride. I mean, seriously, we've been doing this now for almost two and a half years, and we, we're you're still not sick of me yet. I'm I'm a little sick of you. That's good. Well, not, okay, just that's uh, like like what percentage? Like about twenty percent, thirty percent? Yeah, I would say more like eighteen percent sick of you. Okay, that's good. That's good. 82 still percent not sick of me. I, I am officially 82 <laughs> not sick of you. That that's is good. true. Because yeah. I like to look on the sunny side of life. And I am 100% not sick of our audience. You guys are the best. Keep listening. Please do comment, review, share, and most of all, never forget Her Majesty would will you to stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.